which is taken from John chapter 6, from uh, 4 to 15. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wage did not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are, what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now, there was a great deal of grass in the place. So they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves, left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were, they were about to come and taken him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Olivia, with uh, such a little choir, little uh, number of people. You did a wonderful job. Thank you. Peter, uh, thank you for the prayer. It's a wonderful, uh, beautiful prayer. You just summarized so well uh, the Romans in uh, your short prayer. Thank you. <laughs> uh, from today's passage, uh, this phrase uh, catches my eyes. Uh, when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Uh, think about it. By the way, that's a picture that I took in the subway. This one sentence sums it up. Uh, it summarizes what kind of leader uh, we have. Uh, and I'm very proud of the kind of leader that we have. Jesus Christ showed what true leadership, what true life should be like. Our leader is not easily influenced by, his, by people's reaction to him. He did not seek people's attention. And I like that strength. I like that in people. People who seek attention, they show the weakness of people. But our leader, Jesus Christ, did not seek attention from people. And that shows the confidence, the strength. The little kids, you know, they like attention. But as you grow mature, 
As you get older, you don't need that attention anymore. You're so confident with yourself that you don't need to seek attention from people. And our Lord Jesus Christ showed that strength so well, and I like that. There is an ordination prayer for the minister of the word and sacrament. So whenever we ordain people to enter into ministry, and there is a prayer that we always uh, use uh, for the uh, people who are entering to ministry. And then one part uh, I like, and that is my favorite part, and it says, let him or her not easily be puffed up by the praise of others, nor easily to depressed by the blame of others. I love that part. You know, in ministry, you're always working with people and you try to lift up yourself and then with your charisma and with your popularity, you try to the ministry. And then when you uh, get blamed uh, for our ministry, sometimes we get uh, easily depressed or we get easily popped up. Instead of doing that, do your thing. And I like that part of the prayer. And that should be prayer not just for ministers, but for all of us. When I study Jesus, that is a very strong trait of our Lord Jesus. Jesus was always with people, but he was not easily influenced by them. Whatever he did, he didn't use it to bring attention to himself. I think people are crazy about Jesus. And if you were uh, with Jesus, wouldn't you be crazy about Jesus? I think uh, people really are really mesmerized by uh, the charisma of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, in, even in today's story, with boys' lunch, five loaves of bread and two fish. And he somehow, I don't know exactly how he did it, but somehow he fed 5,000 people. I mean, during that time, they, they only counted men uh, for the number. So 5,000 meaning about 10,000, 15,000. It can be even uh, 20,000 people there. And then he fed that many people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Won't you be crazy about Jesus? After experiencing that, wow, what a miracle. And Jesus drove them into a frenzy. I mean, they were just, just uh, they, they were in fantasy when they were with uh, Jesus. Jesus mania, you know. Uh, you know, Beatles mania, right? I will show you some pictures. This is Beatles mania. And another picture. <laughs> this is Beatles mania, you know. Some women uh, fainted and all. Oh, they were crazy about Beatles. They, they said, "I love Ringo Starr. I love so and so. Please stay with us forever." All kinds of. I think Jesus was Jesus mania was ten times, hundred thousand, ten thousand times more than that. I mean, he just fed five thousand people to, with. Two fish and five loaves of bread. But amazingly, Jesus was not affected by people's reaction. I think the greater miracle is not to feed 
5,000 people. The greater, greater miracle is that Jesus was not affected by that at all. When people were crazy about him and wanted to force him to be their king, Jesus just by himself went to the mountain, probably to pray. He didn't really care about what people uh, showed to him. He just went to the mountain by himself. That shows me the character of Jesus. He wanted to be alone. He didn't want to be influenced by people's reaction. Then the next day, he, he went about doing the same thing as usual. Teaching, healing, you know, guiding them. The people were looking for Jesus because Jesus went to the mountain and so, went somewhere. They were looking for Jesus, but they couldn't find Jesus uh, uh, anywhere. So they spent all night looking for Jesus. And finally, the next day, they found Jesus and they came to Jesus. And same crowd gathered together again. And they wanted more miracle. They wanted more excitement. They wanted more from him. And then Jesus started teaching them about the meaning of the miracle he just performed the day before. And then in teaching, Jesus said this. It's very hard to understand. This is what he said. Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh, of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. My goodness. Even now it's hard to hear. But we have a sacrament, so we know what it means. But think about the people who first time heard that message. Eat the flesh and drink the blood. Unless you do that, you have no life in you. The people did not expect that kind of message at all. They wanted more miracles. They wanted more exciting message. They wanted more excitement, but Jesus' teaching was weird. Eating flesh, drinking blood, they didn't get it. So this is what they say. This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? I think Jesus already knew their reaction before he said it. He knew that they would respond to him in this way when they hear the message. If Jesus was looking for popularity, fame, then he would not have said these kind of things. He would have said much more toned down message so that he could get more attention from people and with the people's power, he could do whatever he wanted to do. But when he said this, he knew that people would not like it, but anyway, he said it. Immediately, the people lost the appetite for Jesus. They were deeply disappointed with Jesus. 
And this is what John said, what happened after Jesus said this message. And this is what John recorded. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, do you also wish to go away? They did not want to go. They did not want to follow Jesus any longer. They all left. Think about the energy and power. Let's say here, 5,000 people, 10,000 people are here. They are mesmerized with Jesus' message and Jesus' miracle. They were following it. And you are the greatest. You have to be the king. You have to lead us and guide us. And Jesus said just one word, everybody left. He was all alone with 12 disciples. Sounds like only 12 disciples were there. And then Jesus asked, do you want to also leave too? And then Peter said, you have the words of life. Where shall we, uh, well, can we go? And Peter always says the right thing at the right moment. I think Jesus must have loved Peter. You know, that's what Jesus wanted to hear, you know. And then Peter knew exactly what Jesus wanted to hear, and then he uh, said it uh, right there. I think it would be very easy to do ministry with people like that. Peter, like many of you here, you know. Uh, I mean, he said, I mean, everybody uh, left. I think Jesus knew the crowd very well. He was not fooled by the crowd. Just because people loved him, he did not get that into his head. I like that. I like that. What if Jesus really entertained the idea of people wanting to make him king and all that? What if Jesus actually took that seriously? Okay, now from today I'll be there, your king. And the next day, he would, have been, he would have been king without people. The next day, if Jesus said the same, same thing, they would have all left. Then what kind of king is that? Without anybody who follows him. You know, uh, John's Gospel of John does not have a temptation story. Matthew, Mark, Luke has a temptation story, and three temptation stories we, uh, we know. But in uh, John, we don't have a temptation story. But uh, this particular uh, thing, is, uh, in different way, uh, John describes three temptations. And this is last temptation. Last temptation, Satan took Jesus up on the mountain and show the whole world, I'll give you this. In other words, I'll make you a king. If you follow, if you, uh, if, uh, if you bow to me, I'll give you everything. And then this is like that. And then Jesus resisted, resisted, resisted that temptation to be the greatest. Jesus was not fooled by people's reaction towards him. When people shouted Hosanna, 
let them shout Hosanna. But he was not pleased. He was not really uh, happy because they praised him so much. He knew that soon they will desert him. But when people said, crucify, crucify, <clears throat> Jesus just let them. But he was not overly disappointed or angry. In that sense, Jesus was truly free. Jesus was free from people's evaluation, people's expectation, people's recognition, and people's attention. Last Friday we were talking, we were talking about uh, the true righteousness. You know, it's not something that you achieve. He didn't get his identity from people. He knew his identity. Yes, Jesus is our king. But Jesus did not become our king, not because we made him our king. Jesus did not beg them to make him their king. Jesus did not do miracles so that he could become a superstar and people might desire him and admire him. Jesus does not want to be a hero. Jesus did not come to this world to become a hero. So in Mark, whenever he did this miracle, he said, do not tell anyone. We don't need to be important people in people's eyes. We are already precious as we are. Jesus was rejected, abandoned, and ridiculed by people, but it was okay to him. They did not want to make him king anymore. They mocked at him. They didn't want powerless king was arrested, punished, and executed. And it was alright for Jesus because he knew very well that his preciousness would not change. He knew that people cannot make him king, nor people cannot make him a criminal. That is what the crowd does. One day, they want to make you king. The next day, they all leave you. And the next day, they make you a criminal. Jesus did not become our king, not by our choice. Jesus became our king by his sacrificial love for us. Jesus, our leader, is king of love. People are hungry for attention and recognition. They will do many sacrifices if they can get praise from people and become an important people. But our Lord Jesus did not seek attention. Our Lord Jesus did not rule by the power. Our Lord Jesus ruled our heart by his love. And Jesus wants us to follow his footsteps. Instead of going out to receive people's praise and admiration, we withdraw to the mountain by ourselves 
as our Lord Jesus did. There in that mountain, we meet God. That's our journey. Our journey is journey into our own mountain where we meet God alone. That should be our lifestyle. Instead of seeking attention from people and enjoy the power of people's admiration, we seek God alone in our own mountain of prayer. And that is the confidence. When you're free from people, you can be quite creative. All the artists, all the great people in history, they were different from people of their generation. And they were not conformed to people's expectations. They did their own things. Overcoming people's admiration and recognition. So during that time, they might have suffered, but that they created tremendous artistic work because they went their own way. So instead of being always trying to get attention from people and recognition people from people, we go our own way. In that way, we can do what God wants us to do. Be creative, be your own, in your own mountain, find what is your calling, what you want to do with your lives. Do not worry about what people say about you. Do your own thing, find your own calling, and live that. And that is courage, and that is strength, and that is what Jesus Christ, our Lord, showed us what true authentic life is all about. We don't want to just copy other people's lives. Just because people accept it and approve it, we want to live our own life, our own authentic life that gives true happiness and joy and meaningfulness. And that is stronger life. And that is spiritual life. So why don't we sing together? You're my strength when I'm weak. Right now, at this moment.